0: Hello everyone, <laughs> how are your days going with this blustery wind and then like intermittent sunshine? <laughs> it's always such an interesting time and I think uh, the weather, I don't know about you guys, but it makes quite a big difference for um, everything like in life, you know, but especially even in the yoga practice as- alongside moods and um you know, the pace of your day and what you've eaten, how you've slept, uh, I find the weather really makes a, a really big difference. I think maybe maybe it could be a case that some people are more percept- uh, susceptible to the weather and maybe for some of you, you're like, it doesn't, doesn't really have much bearing. But yeah. So um, apologies for not posting uh, on Friday. It's always the case, isn't it? Do you find when you've gone like, yes, I'm going to once you've said and made a point of something <laughs> and then life gets in the way, um, almost in a funny lesson to teach you that uh, sometimes you just can't plan too much. This whole year is probably that lesson <laughs> for the whole world. Um, so we're on episode three. Uh, today we're going to finish the Q&A's and potentially even just get into um, a little bit in the first chapter. Of TKV Desikachar's *The Heart of Yoga*. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna dive straight in. We're still continuing with the Q and A, um, and again, as usual, this is this is Shah. Nice to have you today. All right, I think I stopped here. <laughs> uh, bu- 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 there we go. Many of today's spiritual organizations teach some form of yoga as a part of their recommended path. But many of these yoga practices seem to be quite different from your father's recommendations, or they seem to emphasize certain aspects. Um, This Deskacha answers, What finally matters is what a person perceives. If somebody is happier through what these great organizations provide, then membership is right for that person. I have good friends who have greatly benefited from belonging to such organizations. They are not my students, but they have learned to practice yoga in my father's way. Their lives in these organizations have become much richer and brighter through practicing yoga. Next question is, there is a wide variety of yoga practices taught and talk of many different kinds of yoga. Why is this? Um, So I personally find this question um, lovely uh, and potentially and and the answer also lovely Um, because indeed there is so many practices. And while that might seem confusing, actually, I guess it is confusing when you first start. I suppose you sort of... Mm, Thinking about it more like like pick-and-mix in a shop or, you know, having loads of different cereal choices, (laughs) or having different types of breakfasts, and one day you're going to prefer cereal, one day it's oats, you know, one day you're going to prefer avocado or toast and and butter. Um, And I think this is kind of, I see it anyway as the same approach with why there's so many forms of yoga. Well... There's so many forms of the states of our mind um, and of our being and actually all the things, you know, not just not just yoga, the sports we do, or the jobs we have, but even all these more daily life things, you know, like the the color we want to wear today or how we would like our hair to look or um, what what cream you use, what shower gel you decide to use, what underpants you decide to wear. It's this sort of similar thing with how we should um take into account of what we need for that day in even in our yoga practice so let's read the answer so why why is this so why so many types of yoga because yoga is not fixed yoga is creation i know the way that you teach will be the different from the way i teach and the way i teach is different from the way my father taught We all have different experiences, different backgrounds, different perspectives on yoga and why it is important for us. So it's not a surprise that different people find different things through the same yoga teaching. Even in our own yoga institution, different teachers will teach in different ways according to their own perspective and priorities and interests in yoga. The Yoga Sutra says that each person gets different things from the same teaching based on his or her own perspective. There is nothing wrong with this. This is how it is. The next question is, it seems a little unusual, however, that several teachers, all of whom were students of your father, Krishnamacharya, have very different methods of teaching. So before we get into the answers, so for those that practice Ashtanga, you'll really um, perhaps find this, you know, Ayenga um, came from, Krishnamacharya, so he was a student uh, Patabi Joyce, um the father of Ashtanga, came from Krishna and Desikachar, you know is um Krishna son, and three of them, just to name the prominent uh, few off the top of my head that i um, am most familiar with um there 's definitely lots more uh, have come out with teaching their um, versions and their strains and their take on a yoga practice obviously with lots of similarities, but the method being really quite distinct and different. Um, and I guess maybe, you know, this, this again uh, can confuse you and it feels maybe like it's pulling in different ways. But again, I think it's just about exploring as many as you like and finding what works best for you. So let's get to the answer. Well, here, there are two questions. How long was the association with my father? And how much did they have to be on their own when they were called upon to teach? My association with my father was very long. I observed him teaching others at different stages of his life, from 1960 to almost the end of his life. He was teaching different people in different ways, according to their needs, age, health, and so on. This taught me a lot of things further for those 30 years I was exposed to so many aspects of his teaching. I had the real thing day after day so I could absorb much of his teaching and at the same time I could always go back to him with questions and case studies. In that way he would help me with my teaching. Take your own case for example. If you had some health problem I could easily go and ask my father for help. So I had an enormous exposure that others who are teaching, uh, who are now teaching, were not able to enjoy. When called upon, they found other ways of teaching, which is fine. Can yoga be taught in a class situation, or should it always be one-on-one with the teacher? Um, I'll just go straight to the answer. <laughs> if not, I'll keep uh, butting in with my... <laughs> Probably just waffle opinion before the answer. (laughs) Many things can be taught in a class situation. Often the group support for people who share the same interests or difficulties can be very helpful, as in the group for patients of bypass surgery that we teach here at the Mandiram, their yoga school. As my father said, however, we are not magicians and it is not easy to handle many people at the same time. In yoga the purpose is to bring some change and the teacher is the reference point. You always remember what the teacher told you, not what you read in the book or what he spoke in the um or what he spoke in the class, but what he told you. You need the teacher and you need the intimacy. Yoga is intimate. There is no yoga between one and a million. Yoga is between two, the teacher and the student. In the Upanishads, it is beautifully stated, in the education, the first requirement is the teacher, the second is the student. What should happen between them is learning. How it should happen is through the constant teaching of that which will be relevant to the student, and that is education. Sometimes yoga is described as being a long and arduous task toward achieving a goal, what do you think? So we get this definitely a lot, you know, running um, Trika and having um, our reception, also our teachers and our open days and have um, people asking questions. And this is quite a common question, I think, especially in this time for social media, just in the busyness, perhaps of living in a city or just how the pace of life has um, evolved to be so quick and, and fast. Um, I think in yoga, and, and I would get this too, you know, if I'm trying something new, you sort of get really impatient and perhaps in that um, moment forget the point of why you're doing it uh, and, and everything, you know, like how society's unfortunately um, been upheld, you, you sort of feel well, you actually instinctively move into thinking in your brain working with a, with a goal in mind, whether that be an asana or a state of mind, you know. And then, unfortunately, you have these expectations that are put on yourself. Um, and mainly, really, it is from um, yourself. And I think, again, you know, through lots of feedback, um, I've definitely heard a lot of this. Um, and because then it feels maybe so that its perception is is that it is long and arduous because it takes so long but also in another sense you know we're working with uh literally trying to create change in our tissues in our body in our minds in our breathing and all that does take a long time you know it's not really like a a diet pill or or something really snappy and and fast that that um, is going to happen immediately so I suppose in in that sense it can feel quite long uh yeah, What? how have you guys felt? I feel it, the perspective can change and so I almost feel this feeling is a matter of perspective rather than the reality that is arduous the whole time. Um, so let's see what Desikachar answers. It depends on what the goal is. Most often people are doing yoga for some simple reason and they progress into more involved step-by-step practices. Each step can be enjoyable fitted to the reality of where each person is now as my father said if you go step by step there will be no problems enjoy each step trying to leap many steps at once can be a problem Um, excuse me if you heard my little burp (laughs) I was trying to make it as quiet as possible if you didn't (laughs) um, ignore that Um, so uh, this is brilliant again you know I don't know if how many of you find perhaps you thought less about a goal when you first started yoga. You know, when you first started practicing, I think, I don't know if most of you found every single bit was really exciting, that you could, you know, start to kind of unlock different motions in your body. Uh, You start to feel a little bit lighter, freer in your body, in your mind. And actually, Again, I think perhaps it's human nature um, that we constantly then have to keep checking ourselves, that we forget to enjoy each step. I feel when, in the beginning, it is easier to enjoy each step, but that's because there was no goal in the beginning. It was simply um, you and us, or whoever's practicing, experiencing something new and almost just being like, wow, this is amazing, I can do this. Um, And the moment you can do something, you start to build expectations on yourself. And unfortunately that, you know, makes you perhaps a bit more goal oriented or makes us as a species more goal oriented And we forget, I think we genuinely forget and it becomes like difficult to find enjoyment in every step and have this beginners or or childlike mind, which is so important, um, not just for yoga, for life, for everything. Um, and I think maybe this is one of the things this situation of corona at least again interestingly, if we kind of take this analogy and look at the beginning of lockdown and when it happened, how many of you found you know actually you sort of you sort of look fondly back at the first month or first month and a half of lockdown um, Obviously it was difficult, you know having all the changes, but from speaking to again quite a few people we found and uh, we found that. It was quite a nice moment where everything did slow down, everything felt new, it was a new experience, you know. Um, I mean, I'm saying this uh, on the perspective that no one around you and your family had got really ill, in which case this would be a very different discussion. So let's just qualify that with that statement that it's to- you probably have a totally different experience if someone in your family got really sick from Corona. Um, This is for those that who just had to stay at home, uh, had to work from home, change up the schedule and and stay indoors. Um, So for that, having continued through lockdown, um, yeah, how many of you found that maybe that was a bit um, sort of easier to do compared to now? Uh, Bar everything changing again, but more so that weirdly have you noticed that you have gotten more goal orientated whereas before in the beginning when it was a new thing and it was starting you're sort of finding it easier to take it day by day and actually now that it's a little bit um you know we're into it now for for, for quite quite a while your brain and your body your psyche your mindset is giving you more things to achieve for some reason and you start feeling guilt of not um achieving loads of things despite seemingly having way more time to do them and I think you know not not that oh enjoy each step of being in lockdown but but in this you know same way go step by step You know, I'll repeat this this line in his sentence, if you go step by step, there'll be no problems. I think not that there's no problems, but it's all more manageable, you know, for for, um, what our brains can take on, for what our emotions can take on. And then we're able to really just take the day as it comes without freaking out about too much in the future of stuff we can't control. Anyway, let's go on to the next one. Can anyone practice yoga? Anybody who wants to can practice yoga. Anybody can breathe. Therefore, anybody can practice yoga. But no one can practice every kind of yoga. It has to be the right yoga for the person. The student and teacher meet and decide on a program that is acceptable and suitable to the person. I wholly agree with this, by the way, um, as it comes, you know, as your situation dictates, as your mind dictates, different, different types of yoga is still yoga. I think, again, with the whole human nature of goal setting and progression, this is, um, it's not scary, but this is sort of the thing that we need to keep checking that we're not always going into um, making yoga part of our goal and progression orientated mind in fact it is a complete step back from that Um, so I really implore you to try and er not erase but sort of start noticing if you do do that if you have um, feelings of guilt associated with your practice then maybe have a have a sit and think about um, why and maybe journal it down or just you know be be conscious actually that we want to make our practice Definitely not part of, of this hustle and bustle to get somewhere. Really, we're not trying to get anywhere with it. We're just trying to create some, some space to breathe and have a moving meditation for, for your, your well-being, you know, for your soul, for your, your time, your whatever we want to call it, this importance of, of you. Um, all over the world, there are many teachers who are known to be gurus. Many are from India and others are not. There is a popular understanding now of the word guru. From the yoga tradition, what is a guru? Great question. A guru is not one who has a following. Let me let me repeat this because I think, um, you know, again, like, this is so apt for uh <laughs> this modern time and actually this has existed forever um, and again it's a human nature thing people in power people who are respected i think um anyway the the guru concept uh, has you know been in the spotlight i'm sure it has for many years but again this year uh last year actually it has been and this year it's con- continued to be talked about. So let me repeat this sentence because it's such a <laughs> it's such a good one to let it sink in. A guru is not one who has a following. A guru is not one who has a following. So again maybe check just check in with yourself, you know, when you get um maybe think that you know some someone is your guru just check in about the reasons, the reasons why. You know, it's, it's always helpful to keep questioning everything. Definitely. And that is, uh, um, it's good. It's part of safeguarding yourself, your space, your mind. Let me continue the answer. A guru is one who can show me the way. Suppose I'm in the forest and somehow I've lost my way. Then I'll ask a person, is this the way home? That person might say, yes, you go this way. I say, thank you, and I go my way. That is a guru. There is an image in the world today that the guru has a following and his students follow him like the Pied Piper. That is not good. I'll repeat that one. (laughs) There is an image in the world today that the guru has a following and his students follow him like the Pied Piper. That is not good. The true guru shows you the way. You go your way, and then you're on your own, because you know your place and you're grateful. I can always thank my guru naturally and enjoy the relationship, but I do not have to follow him around, because then I am not in my own place. I'll repeat that one again. I can always thank my guru naturally and enjoy the relationship, but I do not have to follow him around because then I am not in my own place. Following the guru's destination is another way of losing yourself. Before I go on, I again will just kind of do a little segue here. This is so important um, This is so important to know, you know, like again, don't get sucked in um, to guru syndromes and, um, and this explains just wonderfully why, you know, following someone else's destination is another way of losing yourself. Personally, I think yoga is about sharing 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 what worked for me maybe it will help you what worked for you know um, another teacher maybe that would help you in in your path of life and maybe the paths converge maybe they'll split off maybe they'll come back together maybe you know people will kind of find um wonderful teachings from someone else Uh, from each other, from talking, from learning, from sharing a practice, okay? And I truly, really uh, agree, you, it's not like, oh, you're on your own. It's really not that, but it's a path of you discovering your own strength, your own sense of self with the support and the community of people around you, whether they teach yoga, whether you're, they're your yoga pal, whether they're your friends, your family, in, in whatever way, or like this, a direction person who just simply tells you and aids you in finding um, the right direction, right? Following someone else's destination is another way of losing yourself. We don't wanna lose ourselves, and so, If then, let's kinda go the other way with this, if, if, and it's worth pondering about, if you're in situations, yoga, not yoga, where you are following or being told to follow that person's destination, that person's goals that makes you lose yourself and not question what you want, It is another way of losing yourself, your identity, your self, when you're with a capital S. Um, And so if you find yourself in this situation, you got to reflect, take a step back and question what is this person doing, you know? A guru, a teacher, a friend, anyone who's in a sharing intent is simply sharing to uplift you. And if anything really the opposite is happening, I think there's always a reason to question why and stand up in your own strength. Anyway, let me continue. The yoga concept of Svadharma means your own dharma, or your own way. If you try to do somebody else's dharma, trouble happens. The guru helps you find your own dharma. Well, what was your father a guru? Desikachar says, he never said so, but many people think so. Why did he never say that of himself? That is a delicate question, but since he is my father, I can tell you. The guru guru is not one who says, I am the guru. There are great stories in the Upanishads of the guru who rejected the very idea of teaching. One of the qualities of a person who is clear, who is wise, is not to need to say, I am clear, I am wise. There is no need to say this. The person knows the way and he or she shows the way. It is simple. Humility is one of the qualities of a clear person. There is nothing to prove to anybody. My father was like this. And so again, guys, gals, peoples, the guru is not one who says, I am the guru. And again, I implore you, To start noticing, if people are saying, I am wise, I am clear, I am the leader, I am the guru, I am the one, it's a great moment to pause and question it because how is that having humility in any way and how is that in the spirit of sharing? Let me go on. I think this is the last question. It's a nice little spicy <laughs> end of the q and a to be honest, and it means a lot to me this um this these these questions and this this topic about um guru and how um as you know in yoga and in anything politicians uh any anyone who thinks they are uh above anyone else in any way it um it means a lot, you know, it means a lot to me. So maybe I find this all a bit spicy, but we have to talk about it. It's a, it's a very good one to, to explore if you haven't yet um, in your, in, in your, in your practice and your, in your mind and your thoughts about it. Okay. Last question. In 1976, the Krishnamacharya Yoga Mandiram was set up in Madras. What kind of work is carried out there? We essentially do three things. First, we are available to anyone seeking help. Among those who come to us are people who have problems or those who are sick. This follows my father's tradition. Throughout his life as a teacher, he was again and again asked for advice and help by people suffering from all sorts of illnesses. It was not our intention that this focus on working with the sick should come to be such a big part of the mandaram's activities but now we're recognized as an institution by the Department of Health. Second, we offer instruction to anyone who asks for it. If someone wants to know about yoga, they can come and learn here. And by instruction, I do not mean just instruction in asanas. Yoga instruction at the Mandiram includes learning about the whole spiritual and cultural heritage of India. We give classes in the recitation of Vedic texts, and there are classes on the important ancient texts, such as the Upanishads, Sutra, and the Yoga Rahasya. The third area in which we work is research and study projects. More by chance than anything else, we have begun asking ourselves how the various aspects of yoga can be investigated more closely. We are doing this so as to make our work in some way or other more comparable with other systems. For example, we have carried out research on the treatment of back pain and on work with mentally handicapped people. Another project on which we are working is how to present my father's teachings to the public. So that ends the Q&A. It's taken, um, if you've missed the last two, the last two is on episode one and two of the podcast. Um, And again, I find, ah, this, it's just, it's just wonderful. It's like reading the... You know, introduction of a book, I feel that the, the the start but where maybe most of um well I used to skip them anyway, <laughs> um in, in, in our novels, so you know, the 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 front of it is it called a prologue? I think it is. Um it really gives the context and the starting point, uh, you know, of the principles that I think you know, of the ideas and the the uh the things that underpin uh the coming chapters and so I really enjoyed um how that ended uh yeah let me let me know again in the comments um in the comments I don't think you can comment on a podcast <laughs> um, but if you yeah want to let us know um at Trika uh literally if you have any thoughts on this especially the stuff about guruship uh, anything you want to share with us that would be um, amazing you know when I set up Trika this is this this and why I find this uh, ending part of the Q- Q&A in this book that I'm reading so um, I'm so fired up about it because this uh, has always been extremely extremely important um, to me personally and a value that Underpins you know it's one of the things that is so important at the studio at Trika and in the environment we're trying um to cultivate and i I really sincerely hope um you guys feel that you know it that us who are part of the teaching team like no one is ab- no one is above you no you know we just it's it's literally a sharing space um and that has always been extremely important. Like really, me- it, it, it means, a you know, a, it has a very, very deep meaning for me. Um, of uh, everything always need, like really, really needing, needing to be equal. Everyone's values, you know, are valid. We are all the same, you know, underneath all of this, we are all the same. And so I really value, uh, for myself, finding a place of sharing without hierarchy. And hence, uh, an, as an extension for myself, which um, I, yeah, I think in the beginning, I, I actually was used to say, well, I actually really felt that when people, this might sound weird now, but when people... <laughs> Um, started coming into the studio I really felt like people were walking um, around my womb (laughs) which might sound really weird (laughs) sounds weird saying it out loud but really as an extension you know the studio really feels like not just like a a baby of mine but it actually feels like an extension of myself and this 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 um, I'm waffling now but this 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 value of sharing A place of sharing, it has always been extremely important um, to me. And I do think um, to everyone who teaches there as well. Um, All right, thank you so much for joining again. Uh, Yeah, I will. I won't tell you <laughs> when we'll publish the next one because if I make a plan, <laughs> life will get in the way. But, you know, the, the aim is one a week and we'll dive in right into the chapters now. And so the next one is in, is actually, we could probably even go what, chapter one and chapter two. So let's say if we did chapter one in the next podcast, it is about yoga, the concept and the meaning. Ah, Amazing start. Um, And chapter two is the foundations of a yoga practice. Amazing places, you know, to start, whether you're just beginning your yoga practice or maybe you've been practicing a while but just wanna dive into more more meaty things that are behind um, yoga. So thank you again. I will see you next time and I hope you are having a lovely day wherever you are. All right. Thank you so much. Um, If you like the podcast, please share um, and subscribe so you get updates of when we publish the next episode. Have a wonderful day again. Bye. Lots of love.